This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Jonathan Von Tobel talking some NFL this week in uh, JVT. Uh, straight up, even six and six uh, on the season right now. So uh, last week, the uh, the Buccaneers, uh, boy, they uh, got off to a rough start. Yeah. Cincinnati uh, wins in that uh, tough spot for Miami on a Thursday night in Green Bay without Mac Jones. Uh, uh, and then, and then without uh, Hoyer, Bailey Zappi did not play bad as far as third string quarterbacks are concerned. That one went to overtime to everybody's surprise. Yeah, I, so for me, the two takeaways are both of those games. The last ones you mentioned, right? First of which is um, the closing line value trophy strikes again, right? Good number with Tampa Bay. They actually go off as a small favorite, but ultimately yeah. never even come close in any one of the numbers uh, that they had throughout the week. And it is somewhat surprising. The offense started to come on a little strong, but the defense looked absolutely dreadful against Kansas City, a team that had kind of been stuck in neutral. But a very, I thought, just a quintessential Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs performance, right? Mahomes is doing ridiculous things with the football. He's scoring touchdowns in ways we have not seen before. And Travis Kelsey in that Chiefs offense just matriculated the ball down the field with no effort whatsoever. It was I was wildly impressed with Kansas City on Sunday night. And with Green Bay... You know, we're, we're still seeing some of those issues, Jimmy, that I thought were going to start to correct themselves. We catch uh, Aaron Rodgers multiple times yelling at his teammates in pre-snap alignments, yeah. telling them where to go, cursing at him, asking a center in a non-polite way uh, to snap the ball when they take a delay a game. Uh, I, I think they're going to be okay in the long run, but uh, it just goes to show that especially when you don't get a ton of preseason reps, right, and it's all in practice, and I know Aaron Rodgers in the preseason said it wasn't that important, uh, it is still looking like a team that is starting to figure itself out on offense, at the very least. Tony Romo, who, who can be suffocating at times, did have a great line, though, when the cameras caught that live video, uh, live audio, I should say. Say, Jim, right there, he wants him to snap the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, indeed. Let's get to the picks uh, this week. We'll start off on the 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff time. Go to Cleveland, Ohio, and the Chargers come into town, and they were banged up, but they took care of business and uh, covered it kind of a uh, little revenge spot uh, in Houston. Got out to a big lead, got close, and then they put it away. They won and covered uh, there. Herbert uh, looked looked okay. You know, did you, mm-hmm. if you didn't know he was uh, injured, you could not tell a whole lot. But they're still missing uh, a lot of other guys as well. They go to Cleveland. Cleveland, that's a tough loss uh, in Atlanta uh, for the Browns. They could have easily won it uh, in that one, uh, catching a point there. Uh, Cleveland plus three at home. JVT is what you're looking at. Yeah, and I think this is just – I think it's a very good matchup for Cleveland. And, you know, we're starting to kind of see very slowly with the Chargers 
these issues that were haunting them a season ago, Jimmy, are kind of popping up again, which is their defense is an average unit, and it is banged up as well uh, when you're talking about Bosa and other injuries that they're dealing with here. But going through some of the numbers for the Chargers, if you're looking at it from uh, you know defensive yards per drive allowed, uh, average, below average, 23rd in the league right now, 35.4 yards uh, per drive allowed, but it's about the run game. And if you remember last year, this is one of the worst rush defenses in the National Football League, and that is starting to cry up again if you look at it def- uh, defensive epa against the run right now they have the fifth worst mark in the national football league if you look at some of the more advanced numbers that sites like uh, football outsiders track they give up a lot of big runs second level yards per carry they're 20th in the nfl through these first four games they're giving up 2.3 open field yards per carry that's dead last in the national football league and they're taking on a running game in the cleveland browns that is very explosive with what they're able to do in terms of big chunk runs on the ground so i, I think that really works in the Browns' favor. And on top of that, very quietly, a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League by at least PFF metrics when it comes to passing and efficiency, that is Jacoby Brissett. He doesn't have to do that much, uh, but they have done a brilliant job at this point right now. And the sneaky part with the Chargers, outside of their issues with what's going on up front in terms of stopping the run, they have one of the worst coverage grades in the National Football League right now. Their corners have not been playing very well at all. But we are starting to see them. Their ratings up here a little bit. You mentioned it. They almost blow it against the Texans, but they put it away. But I think against a more competent Cleveland Browns team that can run the ball with some very, very strong effectiveness, I'm going to take a field goal with the Cleveland Browns here against the Chargers. I'm going to take my shot that the Browns are being a little undervalued here at home against a team that I think they match up very well with. Home dog. I like it as well uh, in that spot. So uh, going back and forth. Uh, from Los Angeles to Houston and then back over to Cleveland, uh, back-to-back road trips uh, in different time zones for the Los Angeles Chargers. How about the Detroit Lions? Um, well, you know, Jared Goff, it's kind of a, a lot of people's favorite whipping boy, but, I mean, without DeAndre Swift, without St. Brown, they still put up 45. Can't blame him for the 48-45 loss. They are an over team. They're four games. The total is this uh, scored, uh, point scored for the Detroit Lions. Philadelphia was 73. Washington was 63. Minnesota 52 and 93 last week for Seattle. You're looking at the total in this with Detroit, New England over 45 and a half. Yeah, I think that we saw, at least from Detroit in that game uh, this last weekend, that they're able to put up points. Their offensive line has been absolutely rock solid in terms of running the ball. Uh, I have been a big fan of what this offense has been able to do. And on the flip side, the Stevens has not been able to stop a nosebleed. If you look at some of the EPA numbers for this team, uh, when you're talking about against the run, the third worst defense in the National Football League, the Detroit Lions, in terms of overall EPA per play, the worst defense in the National Football League. Uh, But right there near the bottom of the league in terms of their own run defense and defense overall that would be the new england patriots the patriots have been a very at below average team up against the run and when you watch this detroit lions offense what they've been able to do so well and why they've been able to score and just be effective on that end has been the different types of running schemes they will run out there it is zone blocking it, it is stunt block there's so many different uh, concepts that they have in their own run game that has allowed them to be successful and if you read between the lines uh, there are some hopefulness there's some hopefulness around guys like i'm on say brown deandre swift potentially coming back here in a spot like this so i think when you when you look overall with what this game could potentially 
potentially be, even if it's Bailey Zappi, he's going up against one of the worst defenses in the National Football League, and the Lions face a defense that is going to allow them what they want to do. And we kind of see this with Detroit now through these first few games, right? Like these games that the Lions have been playing, they've been wild, they've been fun, they've been higher scoring. I'm just going to continue with this trend that especially the Bet Rivers numbers, uh, 45 and a half. I'll play that thing over and expect a little bit of a higher scoring affair between these two teams come Sunday. All right. Uh, Minnesota Vikings escape one. Uh, got a few favorable calls down the stretch. Uh, yeah. Did they uh, as well? Uh, all of them on third downs to extend a drive uh, into fourth quarter. And here come the Chicago Bears. Uh, well, not exactly uh, – like their NFC North uh, brothers, uh, the the Detroit Lions on the offensive end, they are really bad, especially uh, in the passing game. I mean, it is really a struggle to watch uh, Justin Fields in this offense. They're, they're flat out scared uh, of him to throw the ball as well. So it's a stagnant offense. Uh, they go into Minnesota. Minnesota, a touchdown favorite, seven and forty-four at home against Chicago Bears. Yeah, so this is a play here against Chicago, and Chicago has. Uh, lucky is probably not the right term, but they have had the luck of the draw early on in this schedule. They catch the 49ers in an absolute just muck fest in the first week. They pull out that victory, and they get one by a field goal against the Houston Texans in a game which, you know, if you looked at the grand scheme of things before the season started, one of their more winnable games. But outside of that, you were expecting this team to come into this game with about one victory. But you hit the nail on the head for me, which is looking at the way Justin Fields has played up to this point, we can talk about how bad his offensive line is, which it is. And he has been under pressure uh, in a immense amount of times I think right now I've got the numbers in front of me in terms of under pressures drop back percentage wise he's been under pressure on 49 percent of his 100 dropbacks it's been a nightmare in terms of that offensive line in front of him and I don't think that gets any easier against the Minnesota Vikings front seven that at the very least one of their strengths I think is going to be able to take advantage of a very poor offensive line but this is also partly on Justin Fields. Fields has not been very good in terms of keep, taking care of the football. A turnover-worthy play rate of 5.8%. It's among the worst in the National Football League. He consistently put the ball in harm's way. And while I think Chicago defensively has been passable, we saw Justin Jefferson finally break out of this slump here that he's in. There is no dominant corner to kind of track him and take him out of matchups like we saw against uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the uh, Detroit Lions because Jeff Okuda actually did a pretty good job in that matchup. I think everything speaks to Minnesota after a couple of down weeks, and depending on where you got that number, not being able to cover against the Saints, I, I think this is one where I'm comfortable laying out the flat-out seven. I think Minnesota's going to be able to operate their offense the way that they want to, and I think defensively they're going to be able to hold Justin Fields and this Bears offense uh, to near nothing in terms of efficiency. I think the Vikings are in a very good spot here, Jimmy, uh, covering that seven points against Chicago. If Chicago didn't move up in the 2021 draft to get Fields and weren't so excited to have him, you would wonder if they were trying to sabotage the season and just tank what they did in the offseason. The offensive line is one of the worst uh, in the league. And what did they surround him, him, him with? I mean, yep. what skill guys does he have? You know, Moody's that. He had a thousand yards, second year guy out of Tulane, but I mean he's not a he's not a number one uh, by any stretch. So you know when they were you know putting giving Tua a lot of uh, weapons and and other guys, well they, they did absolutely nothing for Fields. They're averaging less than 120 yards a game through the air. They're averaging less than 17 attempts a game. So they're not even trying. Uh, with this uh, offensive line. You know, buddy, Randy McKay and I, we talked about win totals before the season, and he this was one of his uh, his favorite unders. And as you talked about, fortunate uh, to have a couple of wins already. 
Yeah, and, and if you look at it too, if, if teams or guys that have played in all four games up to this point, it's the second highest pressure rate in terms of dropbacks. Only Daniel Jones beats them, and it's only by a couple of dropbacks, uh, 49.6%. But I agree with you, and that's why I have an under on Chicago's win total, which is the Bears did nothing to help him. Like they, they go up and they get him, but then they do nothing to surround him with talent. There's nothing along the offensive line. There's nothing at the skill positions, as you mentioned. It's really weird to go up and get a guy to be your future, but then do nothing to help him grow. And now you look around and you're going to say that maybe Justin Fields is a fall guy for this. I actually think of the big picture, Justin Fields still has stuff to offer. And he makes some incredible throws, and there's a lot to like about him. But I was amazed at the way that they handled their team building as they went into this season. Because you're right, it seems like it's a team that's trying to tank or at least sabotage the season to go down further into draft order. But then why draft the guy and spend assets to go get him? And you lost guys like uh, Akeem yep. Hicks and Khalil Mack uh, as well. So, you know, we had a lot, large debates about, okay, you know, when Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell were there, what do you give Burrow? You got to protect him. Well, they still went with Chase, and then they tried to address the line the next year. Chicago, they didn't either. <laughs> I mean, no weapons and no protection. JVT's top three picks this week in the NFL. Minnesota, minus seven against the hapless Bears. Detroit, New England, the high-powered uh, knuckle smash, uh, knee-smashing, knee knuckle, whatever, Campbell, yeah. he produced, uh, he comes out of his mouth there. Detroit, New England, over 45 and a half. And Cleveland, the home dog, plus three against the Chargers. For JVT, I'm Jimmy Ott here in Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.